0: Welcome to Business Lens, broadcast on WKXL, available wherever you get your podcasts. I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by Chris Hill, the host of Motley Fool Money, the number one, I'm not just making this up, this is true, the number one stock investing radio show in America on 60 radio stations around the country, also a giant juggernaut of a podcast. Again, you should check all this stuff out. The statistics are out there Chris Hill, you are a rock star in the world of business, finance, personal investing, stock market, economic audio. Um, I know it's a niche, but you, you dominate the niche, man.
1: It's, it's not like being an actual rock star, which, which, you know, probably carries with it um, a lot more shame and a lot more money, but uh, I like what I'm doing. So, uh, so thank you. Well,
0: you are a big fish in an awfully important pond and, uh, so that's, uh, that's that's a great benefit to our podcast listeners and our WKXL listeners. So look, let's hit it. I'm, I'm done praising you, you get enough of this. All right, so speaking of deserving high praise, the economy is something that we have been looking forward to. It, maybe it's not praiseworthy right now. I mean, we're still seeing in excess of 700,000 a week of new unemployment filings. So clearly we're still in a tough spot but you and I have spoken consistently since the start of this year, that there is widespread anticipation of the great reopening being right around the corner. And we continue to pick up these helpful breadcrumbs that yeah, there's, there's a real prospect that this is happening. So as you think about the prospects of the great reopening, if it happens from an investment standpoint, from a business and economic standpoint, when you go into the surface, what do you read into that? What are you thinking about it?
1: I'm thinking about uh, the ways in which investors can benefit from investing in the great reopening um, and where they can go wrong. Because I think there's a, a temptation. And the reason I think there's a temptation is because I... Uh, see it when I read the business news. I hear it uh, when I'm listening to CNBC or, or Bloomberg. That um, there are people who who see the great reopening as um, as a binary event, and I I think it's going to be much more nuanced and much more complicated by uh, than that. And and let me get into what I mean by that. So a year ago this time, we saw a number of businesses take off. The most obvious one being Zoom video, as um, people started doing online classes from home, um, work from home, Zoom video became a really important piece. And so the business took off and the stock took off. I think that there are people who now look at America starting to uh, to reopen and say, okay, well that's over for Zoom video. Um, as though the business is going to go to zero or something like that, or that the, the potential for growth has disappeared completely, which I don't think it has. I think it's, a, it's an important business. I think it's a very well-run business. I don't think people should expect 2021 to be as growthy, if I can invent that word, to be as growthy for the business and the stock as 2020 was. Um, but I think the post-pandemic world includes Zoom video. You and I talk from time to time about diversification, and I think that's why you know, this is an example of why diversification is important because you want to um, own stocks that can benefit from the great reopening, that can be restaurants that can be travel um, and we can get into travel in a minute if you want. but um, but I think you you don't want to abandon, whether it's Zoom video or some of these other software businesses that have really proved themselves to be valuable um, in a pandemic. Um, Businesses like DocuSign, I don't know about you, but every time I use DocuSign to um, sign documents, I'm reminded how glad I am that DocuSign (laughs) exists as a business. And I, I, yeah, nobody looks forward to signing their name a bunch of times. And it's, it's so much easier to use a business like that. Yeah, I mean, look, no one
0: who works in a big city who used to go through the process of, you know, you got to call a courier. And then, you know, usually it's a dude. A dude shows up on a bike with a messenger bag and you sign the dot. Anyway, yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. So what I'm hearing is that, look, much as a lowering tide left behind a few um, relatively safe, high and dry businesses that were able to thrive as sort of, uh, you know, a a counter to the to the overall trend of 2020, it sounds like a rising tide is not necessarily going to lift all boats equally. You can have a hot economy, but there's still some room for some differentiation in there. And more importantly, some diversification. Are there are there businesses where you would take a close look to say, "I, I, I think I have a bet here but I want to diversify because I'm not so confident about the thesis here, or this may provide a useful sort of counterpoint to the overall thesis of a growing economy.
1: I think there are a couple of different ways you can do that, and um, you know, one of the uh, a guy by the name of Ron Gross, who's a regular on Motley Fool Money, um, he talks about certain industries that, for him. Are so complex that he doesn't want to essentially bet on one stock. He wants to take sort of a basket approach and buy a few shares of maybe five or six different companies. For him, um, biotechnology is one of those areas. Ron is a smart enough person to look at that industry and see the growth potential for it, um, particularly with technologies like CRISPR and gene editing. But uh, he's also smart enough and, and self-aware enough to realize, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to pick the winner. There are probably going to be multiple winners. And, and, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people overlook about investing. Most industries are not zero-sum industries. Most industries have multiple winners. So I think taking that basket approach can work. Um, but look, not everybody necessarily has a lot of money. To invest, and so while you might want to buy shares of six different companies, maybe you've only got, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Maybe you can only buy partial shares. Um, in that sense, I think it's enough to look at one of the leaders in an industry, um, and so you can look at. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about digital payments a bunch of times uh, on your show, Matt. Uh, you can look at companies like Visa and MasterCard or PayPal for that matter. PayPal has grown to the point where it's, it's closing in on Visa and MasterCard in terms of overall size of the business. And you can say, you know what, those are great businesses. They're relevant businesses in a growing industry. I'm going to buy uh, some partial shares of one of them. Warren Buffett once said that it's wise for investors to be fearful when others are
0: greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So we're entering a period, I don't know if greedy is quite the apt term for the 2021 great reopening anticipation that we're all feeling. But clearly the vibe in the market is there's an opportunity coming up. Do you see any, any opportunities to be fearful in this environment? Do you see Do you see any places to really tap the brakes and apply a little bit more caution uh, in this overall growth
1: environment. I think where you want to apply caution, particularly because you know there are there are definitely industries that you can look at and just think, I don't, you know, I, that's not for me. Sometimes it's for moral reasons. There are people who don't want to, uh, for example, invest in sports betting. Or any kind of gambling, um, because they just, you know, that's that's not something they believe in. They indulge in, and so therefore they don't want any part of it. Um, And and that's a perfectly valid stance to take. Um, That being said, I think those are growth industries. So um, so for people who are looking uh, for different growth industries, I think that's one of them. I think the it's a little bit harder to um, look with caution. At growing businesses where the stocks have done well and taking a moment to recognize this is an expensive stock. Um, There are a lot of stocks that have doubled and tripled over the past 12 months. Typically, it takes the stock market about six and a half to seven years to double. Stocks don't double in one or two years. That's rare. That's the exception, not the rule. So I think. If you find a business and you know there, there are software businesses, uh, software as a service, cloud computing, that I, I think make for interesting businesses that have great growth potential, but when you look at the run that they've had over the past 12 months, taking a moment and recognizing, okay, this stock has run up in value a lot. It is an expensive stock on a valuation basis. So the caution I'm going to apply here is in adjusting my own expectations in recognizing what happened in the past 12 months is not going to happen in the next 12 months. And in fact, the next 12 months, this stock may be down 20%. But if you can extend your time horizon, which by the way is Warren Buffett's superpower as an investor, he started early, he started investing when he was 10 years old, and he is pushing 90 years old. So letting compounding interest take its effect over time. That's Warren Buffett's superpower. So if you can look at some of these high flyers and say, I'm going to extend my time horizon, I'm going to give them more room to run more years to run. And I'm not going to worry about what happens in the next year or even two years, because I think 10 years from now, I'm going to be glad I held on to this stock. I think that's where you can apply some caution. You teased the idea earlier that
0: we would really
1: want to turn the
0: conversation back to the travel industry I, I i just i can't stand being teased that much longer <laughs> i need closure on this chris hill what should we be paying attention to when it comes to the travel industry
1: i think there are certain trends that are undeniable and again you can invest in anything you want but i think you know, to go back to digital payments, I think digital payments is 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 kind of a no brainer. Um, when you think of where cash is going, um, where money is going in the future, it's going more and more digital. And so, I think investing in digital payments is kind of a no brainer. I think travel is not quite a no brainer, but it is moving in that direction. Um, there are so many people who are looking forward to traveling that they are willing to pay up. For a flight when they get the chance, or a hotel when they get a chance. Um, Disneyland is going to reopen in California at the end of April, but they're going to open at only 15% capacity to start with, which means that's going to be a really hot ticket. I don't know what the Disney Corporation is going to charge for those tickets, but I'm pretty sure they could charge whatever they want. And some cross section of people is going to pay for that. And so I think. Uh, looking at your investments and asking the question Do I own shares of any business that is tied to the travel industry? That could be hotels. That could be a business like Airbnb, which recently went public. Um, it could be flights. It could be cruise lines. I think each of those um, uh, you would need to give a little bit more time to, uh, going back to the, you know, give a, a little bit more of a time horizon, because I think, particularly in the case of, airlines, they are more heavily tied to business travel, which will come back. it's just going to take longer. But I think I think looking at what you own, looking at the stocks in your portfolio and saying, what do I own that's related to travel? Um, and by the way, Disney is uh, I would put Disney in that category as well just because a big part of their business is um, the resorts and parks. It certainly makes sense to me. I think
0: I join many Americans in waking up to the unpleasant realization that all the campsites are filled as soon as we started to look at the idea of, huh, maybe we could go camping this summer. So I just like to advise all of our New Hampshire listeners, don't look at available campsites in New Hampshire over the summer. They're all gone. Leave some for the rest of us. Okay. I want to I return to a theme that we've talked about in recent weeks that I, I don't know. I, I just feel like we can't get enough of this, which is just the gobsmacking, huge, brobdignagian I'm looking for synonyms here, amount of money that is being invested in the stock market right now. There is money out the wazoo uh, on the New York Stock Exchange and elsewhere. And you you found another story that, that fits into this overall meta-narrative.
1: Tell us what it is. So acquisitions... Which is another way for businesses to grow. Um, a lot of them don't work out, and depending on how big you are as a company and how much you're paying for a given acquisition, um, you know that that can really hurt you in the short term. Um, Microsoft has grown so much in the past few years; um, it is now reportedly looking to buy a company called Discord. Uh, for anyone. Uh, who's into video gaming, Uh, they are probably familiar with Discord. It is a a video game chat messaging platform. and Microsoft uh, is reportedly looking to buy Discord and they're willing to pay more than $10 billion to get it. Now, let's take a moment and think about that. $10 billion. There are wildly successful companies that are not worth $10 billion. Domino's Pizza, a global leader in its category is only worth 14 billion dollars. So here's Microsoft, and you can look at that on the surface and just go, "Boy, that's a lot of money." Uh, you know, what if it doesn't work out for them? Microsoft is now at the point where it is so big and it has so much cash on the balance sheet that this they could buy Discord. Let's round up. Let's make it 12 billion. They could pay 12 billion dollars for Discord, and it could be a complete failure. And Microsoft's business really wouldn't miss a beat, and their stock really wouldn't get hurt as a result of that. And so, um, you know, that's one more challenge for us as investors. Is there's so much money in the market, and some of these large companies have so much cash on the balance sheet um, that you know it just adds to the noise. It adds to the news. And if you're focused on business news, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, wait, do I need to pay attention to this? Is it like, what does this mean for Microsoft? And it's interesting. Um, I I don't know if Discord is going to accept this offer. Maybe they hold out for more money. Um, But to me, it's a sign of how much money is in the market overall uh, because of this 10 year bull market we've had minus the little bear market we had a year ago. Um that, again, Microsoft could totally flame out with this one, and they, they'd be fine. So what I hear you saying is that, just to connect the dots
0: back, big, long run-up in the stock market, long bull market, minus, as they'd say, in the Marvel Universe, the blip. Long bull market means injection of giant wads of cash, especially to these big companies, which puts them in an acquisition mood, which then leads to a lot more cash flying around into acquisitions. How difficult does that make the job for your colleagues at The Motley Fool in evaluating acquisitions like this? When everyone's on a buying spree and they're paying some sticker shock level numbers for smaller companies like this does it make it hard to separate the wheat from the chaff as you read into all these acquisitions and you try to measure "Hmm, good move bad move uh, not so not so you know not so big a deal either way or is it just the case that they've got so much cash it's not going to hurt them so you don't
1: you don't worry about it so much. A lot of it depends on who's making the acquisition, both in terms of the company and in terms of the management. There are management teams at companies across America who have a really great track record of growing their company through acquisition, incorporating those new businesses into their Corporation, their corporate culture, all that sort of thing. Um, there are others where you have to look at them and say, "All right, um, you've been CEO for six months and you're going on a buying spree." Um, no offense, but we're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're, good. you know, we're going to. And also, not every company is the size of Microsoft. Satya Nadella has done such a good job leading that company. They have so much cash on the balance sheet. Um, it's not going to hurt his reputation one iota. If uh, they buy Discord and it doesn't work for smaller companies, for newer management teams. um, Yeah, there's a lot more on the line. So, and by the way, before we get to our final
0: item, I, I do have to say, it's so interesting to me that Microsoft has been so successful and has so much cash and has had such a run up like this, and yet you don't hear about them as much in sort of the popular media compared to the other big tech giants, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Googles, the flashier social media led or search led companies. There's Microsoft, it's been around. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a venerable company by tech standards. It's been around, it chugs along and it's just minting money. Interesting. We'll return to Microsoft, but before I let you go, you had kind of a fun item for us. Um, I, I I won't I won't build it up. You 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 tell us
1: what it is. So we got the uh, the big dance going on the NCAA basketball tournament, and um, Loyola University Chicago um, made it into the Sweet Sixteen, and they went to the Final Four uh, three years ago. And for anyone who's a basketball fan, even if you're not a basketball fan, you may have heard of Sister Jean. So this is a Catholic school in Chicago. Sister Jean is a nun who works at the university. She's team chaplain and has been for more than 25 years. She's now 101 years old. She played basketball when she was um, uh, in high school and, and she's a fan. Um, and again, she's the team chaplain. So um, in their second round game, they were playing the University of Illinois, the number one seed in the region. And as she does before every game, Sister Jean led the team in prayer. Here's the prayer that she said before they were getting ready to play the number one seed in the region. She said, As we play Illinois, we ask for special help to overcome this team and get a great win. We hope to score early and make our opponents nervous. We have a great opportunity to convert rebounds as this team makes about 50% of layups and 30% of its three point shots. Our defense can take care of that. And they won, they handled. The number one seed they want. And what I love about this, Matt, is like this is her approach to basketball is the approach that we should take as investors when it comes to investing. She's a nun, but she is not solely relying on faith. She played basketball, she knows the game. But even though she has the analytical skills, she knows the game is not in her hands. She has to have faith in others. And that's what we do as individual investors, you know don't just blindly follow someone and hand over your money, do your homework, analyze things, but also understand that we're investing in businesses that are run by human beings. And on some level, you just have to have faith and trust in those human beings. I love the research
0: element of that. I really do. It's like, it's 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 so savvy. It's so clever to not only ask for special instructions when appealing to a higher power of exactly where you want your intervention, but also giving a subtle message to your team you know what? This is like psychological preparation. She she would have made a great coach, although I, I I'm sure she has no regrets about her career track. All right, Chris Hill, thank you so much as always for joining us. Chris Hill, host of Motley Fool Money, number one
1: stock investing radio show in America. Thanks for joining us on the Business Lines.